Hi, I'm Jason Wachab, founder and CEO of MindBuddyGreen, the best-selling author of Wealth, and your host for the MindBuddyGreen podcast, where I'll be bringing you deep and insightful dialogues with some of the greatest minds in wellness. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends and family. And don't forget to visit us at MindBuddyGreen.com for your daily dose of wellness. In today's age of massive grocery stores and fast food on every corner, it can be difficult to feel connected to the food on your plate. Thrive Market is on a mission to change that. The online marketplace is making healthy living easy and affordable for everyone by stocking a highly curated catalog of thousands of food and household items for less. And right now, they're offering an amazing deal to new users. Get $60 of free organic groceries plus free shipping. Go to thrivemarket.com slash mindbuddygreen now and you'll notice that more than 70% of their catalog cannot be found on stores like Amazon. Let's break down how it works. Thrive does the heavy lifting for you and allows you to filter based on the values that you care about. Click through 90 categories like organic, non-GMO, and BPA-free to find out your favorite foods and natural products, all at prices up to 50% less than those you'll find in the grocery store. They offer the same savings on non-food items too. I'm talking eco-friendly cleaning supplies, non-toxic beauty products, kitchen staples, and home goods. Visit thrivemarket.com slash mindbuddygreen to unlock $60 of free organic groceries plus free shipping. That's right, $60 in free organic curated groceries. Again, that's thrivemarket.com slash mindbuddygreen. Once you start using Thrive Market, you'll wonder what you ever did without it. Hey, everybody. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you all for listening to the podcast and to say that we want to listen to you. So if you have any questions, any dream guests, we are all ears. I would love to hear from you. So ask me anything and stay tuned for the answers or your dream guests on this very podcast. Send your questions to podcast at mindbodygreen.com. That's podcast at mindbodygreen.com. And I look forward to hearing from all of you. Thanks so much. And let's go back to the podcast. For Dr. Frank Lippman, health is more than just the absence of disease. It is a total state of mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and social well-being. Dr. Lippman is a widely recognized trailblazer and leader in functional and integrative medicine and is a New York Times bestselling author of five books. He is a pioneer in the world of functional medicine and is also my own personal doctor, an amazing friend, and a man whom I truly love and respect. Dr. Frank, welcome. Jason, good to see you. You're back. It's always good to see you. One of my favorite people in the world. You know that. Uh, feelings are mutual. Well, congratulations on your amazing new book, which has a title. What I, what I first, when you first told me about the title, I was like, this is going to be great. This is exactly what we need. How to be well, six keys to a happy and healthy life. I'm sold. I don't even know if we need to do the podcast. <laughs> okay. Like, so, so talk about, <laughs> are you ready? Are you, are you done? So tell me why the book you've written so many amazing books. Why the book? What was well, the idea? This one is by far the most amazing one. This puts it all together. 
The idea was, I think uh, the wellness world at the moment is the Wild West. <laughs> it is. I mean, which, which is good. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I don't have a problem with the Wild, Wild West. West. Gold rushes and gunslingers. And yeah, which is fine. I mean, it's a new world for a lot of people. So I thought I'd take my four decades of experience. Just four decades. Um, well, four decades as a doctor. <laughs> Uh, it's true. I took other way, but anyway, I thought I'd put it. You know, take all that wisdom that I've learned from other cultures, from other traditions, um, the the knowledge I've gained from Western medicine, from from other medicines, and put it together and and put it in a book and make it simple for people because people, first of all, don't read today. <laughs> people read tweets. So I thought, um, you know, my book, The New Health Rules, did really well. Amazing book. I love and, that book. Yeah, we give I, that to everyone at Mind, Body, Green when they start. Yeah, it's very simple. It. So I thought I'd take that concept and sort of expand on it. And it's a real how-to book. It's like how to go camping. or um, so it's Because so many people these days aren't interested in why they have to do something. They'll come in and they say, Doc, just tell me what to just do. Just fix me. Tell yeah. me what to do. Tell me what to do um, and how to do it. And the how-to sort of became more prominent as I worked more and more with health coaches. I realized there was one thing to tell people, oh, you can't eat gluten or you can't eat grains or you, you know. What do you so, mean? Frank Lippman <laughs> saying you can't eat gluten? <laughs> so you can't eat sugar, whatever it is. People need to know how to do it. So uh, the idea was to take what we do in the office with the health coaches and give people specifics on how to actually achieve a lot of these goals or to put into practice a lot of the tips that, we, that we're giving to people all the time. So one of the things you talk about in the book is this concept of good medicine. Yeah. What is that? Well, I've always had this understanding of medicine as, uh, you know, you're trying to help people. You know, that's sure. how I initially got trained. And then you go into your training in Western medicine and you get trained in a, in a dogma which works well for crisis care. You know, if you break your bones or you're having a acute heart attack or you have a acute bacterial infection, it works, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really work well for most of the chronic problems that people have today. And they don't teach you that at medicine. So we all, you know, I always was under the assumption that this is medicine. But when I started studying uh, Chinese medicine and I started going out of Western medicine and looking at yoga and and um, herbs and meditation, um, I realized that there's a huge place for a lot of these therapies and traditions that I wasn't taught about. And to me, medicine, you know, sort of incorporated anything that would help people. And that wasn't what I learned in my Western medicine training. So to me, good medicine is using Western medicine where it's appropriate. Sure. You know, if you're going to come to me and uh, you're having chest pain, I'm not going to put needles in you. <laughs> um, and if someone comes with a possible acute appendicitis, I'm, you know, same, I'm not going to give them herbs. You're not going to tell them to meditate. Yeah, I'm not going to tell them to stop <laughs> eating gluten. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, if someone comes to me, like most people today, and they have headaches and they're tired and they can't sleep, I'm not going to give them a drug. I'm going to tell them, you know, try meditation or try changing your diet or whatever it is. So to me, good medicine is just being practical and realistic and using whatever works with people and not being attached to any system or any dogma. So good medicine is not Western medicine, it's not Chinese medicine, it's not even functional medicine. It's whatever works for people. And, and, and 
using a lot of the wisdom from these old cultures that have been used for centuries that we sort of don't realize how effective they are or what I say um, all the time, the ordinary things that we take for granted, like listening to music, like gratitude, like being kind to people, mm. the ordinary things that we do on a daily basis have healing you know, properties or are healing. And to me, good medicine incorporates all of this, being out in nature. So the book was sort of trying to put down on paper and give people tips and make them realize that these ordinary aspects of life that you take for granted have extraordinary healing effects especially if you're doing them all together if you you know if you have gratitude and if you're being kind to people and if you stop eating sugar and if you're moving your body and if you're sleeping well so it's it's not one thing it's this this combination of all these factors that work together. Yeah, I love that. I think you said these ordinary things that we take for granted have extraordinary effects. Yeah. On our it's, it's, it's powerful. Yeah, and they do. Um, and, and the idea of the book was it's not a specific plan. Um, it, you can enter at any point. And what, what was interesting for me about the book, for many, many years I was trying to understand Chinese medicine from a Western perspective. So I was trying to, you know, you, you learn Western medicine, then I started learning Chinese medicine, and then you're saying to yourself, well, what's qi? What's right. energy? <laughs> what's meridians? So you're trying to understand these Chinese concepts from well, a Western... Well, you say qi is mitochondria, right? Yeah, qi is well, mitochondria. Well, let's talk about that. I think that's interesting. But wait, wait, before I go okay. there, so what I did with this book is I went back to my Chinese medicine roots, and I said, okay, I'm going to put in my Western thinking or my western cap into an eastern sort of um, paradigm and that's why i have a good medicine mandala in the book plus you have the south african lens with the western and the eastern yeah. you're, you're, you're global global <laughs> so point of view right maybe it should be global medicine but so i have a, a good medicine mandala so a mandala is something you meditate on and so the idea is you can end you at the center of the mandala because you that your own doctor and you can enter at any point. You don't have to stop eating sugar straight away. Maybe go. Whoa, 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 whoa! Let's just stop right. I don't have to stop eating sugar right away, Frank. Are you? Okay? Where's Doctor? Where's, where's, where's Doctor Frank Lipman? Go for a walk on the beach. Go for a walk on the beach instead of eating. Okay. And then when you see how much better you feel, then maybe you stop eating sugar. So the idea is you can <laughs> enter at any point. So, so it's sort of it's uh, it's. I think there's a bigger audience for a book like this because sure. there's no one way. It's finding your own way that works for you. Well, one of the things you mentioned, good medicine, and, and how you look at Western and, and Eastern, something else you do and, and I think is, is kind of important in the way we look at doctors and medicine is you ask questions like, how are you feeling? Are you sleeping? What are you eating? <laughs> like you go to the, what, what are the causes not necessarily, and like you got to look at the causes and the symptoms, and but you look at the whole picture and yeah. you ask questions. Not only do you look at the whole, you know, the whole picture is I got taught early on in South Africa by one of my traditional mentors, traditional doctors. He said, most of the time you'll be able to make a diagnosis if you listen carefully to the patient's story. Hmm. So a patient's story often gives you a lot of information. So I think. You know, the way I work, I do less testing than most functional medicine doctors. Uh, I'm more about 
taking a really good history and trying to work out what's going on from a good history because you often get what's going on if you take a good history and oh. and that, that that comes from i think south african medicine training we were really that was drummed into us so in 2018 you've been practicing medicine for a long time you know four decades what are you seeing now more than ever like how 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 is your people who come to see you in 2018 versus you know 2008 or in the 90s or what have you like what are what are you seeing what well, are the trends well i'm sad to say i'm seeing the consequences of uh, long-term poor diets and long-term results of a generation taking too many ad- antibiotics and too many drugs in general mm. so we're seeing the consequences of my generation of doctors handing out drugs like candy sure and uh, so i see a lot of gut problems leaky gut and autoimmune problems i'm seeing tons of that and tons of um, dysbiosis or imbalances of the gut which started when these kids were given antibiotics for every cold they got so i you know maybe those are the type of people that come and see me but what i feel i'm seeing you know especially with this younger generation are the consequences of um you know, I wouldn't go out and say it's malpractices, but the consequences of not particularly good medicine of just giving antibiotics in particular too liberally. Sure. And you need it. Sometimes you need it. Like oh, I've gone to you, there are times I had a parasite, you're like, take the antibiotics. You absolutely. need it. You yeah, gotta no, do it. I'm, I'm but, not yeah, I'm uh, not against antibiotics. Right. I'm not against drugs. But we tended to give antibiotics, you know, all the time and, and you know with no probiotics after too. Exactly. Right. So I'm seeing a lot of um, consequences of that. So one of the uh, of the six keys in the book, let's start with one of them is eat. Right. So the six keys are eat, sleep, move, which everyone knows, and then protect, because a lot of us forget about the enormous amount of chemicals out there and how yeah. we need to be mindful of that and mitigate against the consequences of all these chemicals. So that's the fourth pillar. And then unwind or relax is yeah. dealing with stress. And the last pillar, the least material one, which I think as I get older, I get, I feel is more and more important, is this connect issue, which you talk about. Sure. Finding purpose and meaning in our life. In fact, as you know, you in the book. <laughs> I, I, have, I have... Yes, I am. <laughs> I have my... Uh, you know my uh, my how to be well specialists or um, um, <coughs> experts, and you my experts on finding purpose because that's yes. what happened to you. Yes, absolutely. So the more I do this, and the more I start thinking about all the thousands of patients I've seen, the more I realize how important the this connect aspect um, of of good medicine is, and 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 this is the area that especially in Western medicine, we sort of ignore, you know, the, yeah. as I said earlier, being kind, volunteering, having gratitude, being out in nature. So it's connecting to the community at large, the world at large, and connecting, connecting to yourself as well, just becoming sure. more connected to yourself. So this connect part is a part that actually intrigues me the most because I think that's the easiest place for people to get the most bang for their buck in a way and uh, and the part that's forgotten by most people well i'd argue this generation we are so connected via technology and social media 
where we're almost so disconnected in the physical sense that it's becoming a big problem. Yeah, and there's a, one or two tips about this become a huge problem. And what's interesting is my daughter is now a therapist who actually works in my office. And uh, she is... I didn't know Allison works in your office now? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she doesn't use my name. She didn't want to, to use the Lipman name. So well, anyway. she's married now. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, she's upset, not obsessed, but she's, she sees a lot of young women and she sees the results, the loneliness and um, the problems from being so addicted to tech. Sure, it's terrible. So it's, yeah, it's, a, it's becoming a big problem. I'm not seeing it on that. I'm sure I'm seeing well, we it. We don't even know sure what we're doing. I worry about, you know, our daughter Ellie is one and, and we don't really give her the phone, but we'll see her she sees our iphone and she lights up and tries to grab it and it's like insane and she we're not i know i think i think it's it's going to become more of an issue and we're not even talking about all the you know the the light and the electromagnetic fields and all the wi-fi texting and emojis and it's uh um so yeah and the, and what is doing the addiction you know is, is tech addiction is probably just mm-hmm. as bad as sugar addiction yeah we made it we made a bold prediction in our 2018 wellness trends and said that we think big tech is the next big tobacco I, and it's a I'm, huge problem i think you could 100 and correct. think about yeah. it their interests aren't aligned with no, ours no. like their interest is to keep us aligned Excuse exactly. me, to, to keep us addicted, addicted. <laughs> and they know what's going <laughs> Whereas, on too. like i would argue that big food We've got got to know some of these people. Big food knows that like people aren't buying shit, and they're trying to buy the natural right. companies and bro- like right. they, they know because consumers are voting with their dollars. But if you think about it, big technology, they're yeah. they don't care. Like, I, their goal I, is to keep you on the platform as much as possible. I agree a hundred percent. In fact, big problem, and the companies are so we're talking like Apple, like huge companies here. Yeah. So well, there seems to be a movement. There was an article in the paper recently. Oh yeah. A One move. of the largest Facebook investors yes. has uh, they started a, yes. a yeah, yeah Roger Macdemy. Yep. It's a big thing. Yeah. We're gonna talk more about that. It's scary yeah. and I worry about, you know, our daughter generations yeah. to come. Big, 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 big yeah. problem. I think it is, yeah. But okay, so connect. let's go back. So that's one of the pillars. Okay. So let's start with eat. Okay. Well, it's my usual philosophy. <laughs> You've probably heard it a million times. Um, but it sort of it it. What I did in the book is, okay, yes, I don't want you to eat sugar, but I gave people tips on you know, how they can get off sugar. Same with gluten. As I tell people all the time, I want people to know if they're carbohydrate intolerant because I'm mm-hmm. seeing more and more people, especially in the older people that I see. Really? Um, as we get older, I think we become more carbohydrate intolerant. So not everyone, but you know, people need to understand how they're metabolizing the carbs they're eating. For some people, it's fine. So for my wife, for instance, she can have many more carbs than I can, and she feels better. She, I feel better eating more fat. She feels better eating more carbs. Which eating is, her famous uh, granola, her famous paleo granola. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> It's good paleo it's granola. I've had, yeah, it's Genesis fantastic. paleo granola. It's delicious. So the book is really about teaching you about yourself and how you can take control. How intolerant are you to carbs? So know your carbohydrate intolerance. Sure. So not everyone has to be on a low-carb diet, but a lot of people do. And listen to your body. Yep. How do you feel? Exactly. You feel tired? You feel exactly. bloated? You feel good? So everyone's different. Exactly. And then there are lots of tips of how to make bone broth. And I have Marco Canora as my oh, yeah. expert on well, Marco's bone broth. Marco's your expert on bone broth. <laughs> wow. You got, you got like the guy. 
Well, bone got, broth is amazing. He goes to you. Yeah. I know. That. <laughs> so Marco on bone broth, I got Seamus Mullen yeah. talking about how to incorporate fermented foods in your life with some great tips. David Boulay on spices. So I took wow. people that I thought were like top of. Totally. You got like three amazing world-class chefs. <laughs> I think the only weak one I have is the one on purpose. In the <laughs> <laughs> That's me. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. So I really got really good people to talk about what they feel passionate about and give tips on it. So uh, That's amazing. So not only is it tips from me, but it's tips from uh, a lot of my favorite people. So what about sleep? You included. Uh, me included. Okay, I'm back on the list. <laughs> so what about sleep? Something that people take for granted, huh? Sleep is one of those areas that, first of all, we do take it for granted. Second of all, most of the time, not all the time, sleep problems are usually a result of what's happening during the day. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, sleep problems get better when you're a little bit more relaxed during the day or you exercise during the day or you get some light during the day. So the sleep chapter is sort of, not only giving you the standard tips on on sleep, but trying to make you realize that sleep is connected to how you move, how sure. you connect, um, how you eat. It's all it's all one big connected spider web. And, and sleep, the consequences of poor sleep and a lack of sleep are decreased cognitive abilities, maybe leading to Alzheimer's, um, weight gain, all the things which we start getting fearing as we get older you you aren't at that age yet but once you get up there you know one of the first things you you worry about is your mind i mean when i see older people probably the the biggest thing they're scared of is losing you know their their brain health is a huge thing right now it's scary as hell he starts it's like it's one thing it's like okay i'm sick my gut what have you people start to lose their mind like it's very very scary And, and brain health is often related to how you're eating how you're sleeping how you're dealing with stress so this is you know, the premise of the book that if you start doing these simple things in life, your gut will get better, your brain will get better, um, you'll generally feel better. And you, it's not that difficult. You have some of my favorite sleep hacks. And we do this, Colleen and I do this. So we always lower the temperature. So like 60 degrees, yeah. 60 to 65 degrees, blackout. So like TV, devices, all off, like right. simple the, basic standard things. standard basic things that obviously are in there, you know, like what I call an electronic sundown where you switch all your your gadgets off. But, you know, sleep is something I've also played around with, with myself because I, you know, every, I experiment on myself all the time. <laughs> I know when I'm stressed. Because you don't sleep. I don't, well, I'll fall asleep, but I'll wake up in the middle of the night. I know if I'm on the computer too late, it affects my sleep. So all these little things make a difference. And, and you know, the blue light from the computers and iPads and phones are, are not helpful for our sleep. So the idea is to try and and, and um, get back to, you know, the natural light that our bodies are used to. So you try to duplicate going outside during the day when you should. And at night, you shouldn't be under bright lights. Rhythm. Yeah, it's all about the rhythm. That's yep. one of my Coming gates back in to my music, mind. Dollar. I know. It's all about the rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll move on to move. Right. We're going all over the place. But going this all is over good. the place. But that book move. is great. Yeah. No, well, everyone's going to buy the. Everyone has to buy the book. It's a great book. Thank you. Um, it is a great book, even if I say so myself. So move. No, is, it's a great. It's a great yeah. primer. What I love about your books and specifically this one, they're great primers. So like everyone always, it's a yeah. great primer. Yeah. 
So, so move. So move once again, as with sleep, you know, move affects every aspect of your body. We now know, you know, if you exercise, your, it changes your microbiome. If you exercise, it helps um, you sleep better. If you exercise, it helps how you metabolize your carbohydrates and, and affects, your, affects your hormonal function. If you exercise, especially certain types of exercises, increases your mitochondria and your functioning of your mitochondria, which is a huge sure. thing. Let's talk about. Let's stop and talk about mitochondria okay. and chi, which we were. So, explain to people what are mitochondria and so, chi and the whole connection. Right. So, mitochondria are those energy powerhouses in your cells that convert the food you eat and the air you breathe into energy. And after years and years and years of trying to work out what the Western equivalent of chi. I've come up with this theory that the Western equivalent is mitochondria. Well, talk about chi in Easter. Explain to people what so that chi means. So chi is, the, you know, everyone talks about energy. You, know, you go to a Chinese doctor and they'll say your chi or your, you know, you've got low energy or your chi is stuck. Mm-hmm. So this is the energy that runs through your body, through the meridians. Yep. And the meridians, I mean, what are the meridians? From a Western perspective, they're the, the fascia, the, the fascial mm-hmm. planes that get, you know, get stuck and and stuck together in with various injuries and um, bad movement. Um, but from a Western perspective, the fascia are the meridian. You know, the the meridians are the fascial planes, and the chi is supposedly runs through these meridians. Sure. And I mean, it's obviously not as simple as that because if you look at the meridians in Chinese medicine, they're very different to the channels in Ayurvedic medicine. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're both wrong. I just think it's just a way of seeing the body. And it's not that we're wrong in Western medicine where we don't have this concept. It's, it's, to me, this is just all language and the way we see things. So I've started seeing qi as mitochondria. And qi in Chinese medicine is, is like, it's all about your qi. Sure. And I do think, I'm thinking more and more now in Western medicine. It's all about your mitochondria. How do you get your mitochondria up and going? How do you do that? By getting some sun, by um, relaxing, by sleeping well, by moving your body, by uh, having a cold shower after a hot shower or jumping. Cold shower. I can't do the cold shower thing. But that does increase your, I mean, you get used to, I jump in something cold after my sauna and you, you just have to, you know... Do it really quick. Yeah, if you do it quick, you feel fantastic after that. And it does increase your mitochondria. So they're all, all the different ways of in- increasing your mitochondria are actually all the, a lot of the tips in the book. It goes through all the six pillars. Even Connect, there was a study recently that I saw about relationships and connections and how it increases mitochondria. Yeah, something else that's... What I think, I mean, I'm getting more philosophical as I get older. Um, <laughs> I think the mitochondria are the mechanism by which a lot of these lifestyle changes work because all these lifestyle changes affect your mitochondria. So it's probably one of the important mechanisms by how all these lifestyle changes work if you're looking at it from a physiological hmm. perspective. So to me, the mitochondria are key, obviously. Um, it's not just about the mitochondria, but that, that's a key element of getting well and staying healthy. So I want to go back to the cold shower for a second. Right. What do we need, like five seconds, two seconds, a minute, two minutes? You see these? Seconds. Five, seconds, so that's five, it. You probably need five, ten seconds so maximum. at the end? Because so what the way to understand it is your body is it's shocking your body. 
So when your body goes into shock, it, you know, it's, it's going to produce... So hot, then cold, or cold, then hot? No, hot, then cold. Oh, wow. Yeah. Maybe cold, then hot. I've never thought about it, but definitely hot to cold. Okay. I can do a couple seconds. I'll try That's all it. you need. That's all you need. I know. You get used <clears> to it. And you like you brace for it. You know you're not going to enjoy it, but then you feel well, good. I, well, after. to me, I have all these uh, memories playing basketball in high school and college, and going to like a bad gym, and there'd be cold water. I'd be like, "Oh, I got to do it because I'm about to like get in a bus for six hours or hop on a flight." It's like, "Oh." <laughs> no, I think that's that's. Uh... But okay, so we'll move on. Protect. Right. So protect is. You know, there are more and more people speaking about it, but we exposed to so many chemicals on a daily basis from what you put on your skin, um, how you cook your food, you know, the cooking utensils, sure, all the chemicals in our food, the changes in the oils when you cook with certain oils. So, well, what are the, let's walk through the basic rules of oils. It's like olive oil is great, but not on high heat. Yeah, I mean, I think some olive oil is probably not the end of the world. I know a lot of the chefs don't seem to have a problem with cooking olive oil in high heat. I tend to use coconut oil. oil and avocado oil and, you know, but, you know, fat, a saturated fat, you know, lard. Grass-fed ghee. Ghee, butter, yeah, yeah. It's all fine. But, you know, we tend to use a lot of coconut oil and a lot of avocado oil for cooking, which are, have higher heat points. But... I think olive oil, for the most part, is not too bad. You know, try not to cook at such a high heat. It's like Gundry loves olive oil. Yeah, a lot of people he'll, love he'll, oil. Yeah. He has like a gallon a, a week yeah. or something. Yeah. You know, but. Well, the olive oil is interesting. You've got to be careful with olive oil because what you're getting, especially from Italy, you've got to be very careful. It may not be pure olive oil. Oh, really? Yeah, they cut it with a lot of you know other oils. So, so how do we buy good olive oil? Well, um Interestingly, Australia and Chile are generally good, as in Greek olive oil. But Those no, are the, really interesting. And, and buy from well, not no Italy, but, but the, you need to. It needs to say on the label. Uh, I can't remember what the label exactly it has to say exactly. California, if it's once again organic and sure. uh, it's on the label, but California can have good olive oil, and. Uh, Get from a reputable supplier like Thrive sure. Market or yep. um, or Whole Foods or, Organic. Or yeah, just, yeah, Trader yeah, Joe's. You just organic. need to be careful. You know, obviously it needs to be extra virgin olive oil. Sure. And, you know, people always ask, well, what does that mean? Virgin is not, you know, talking about the morality of the olives. Right. <laughs> uh, it's just how it's processed. So you know, it's a fruit. So it's it's a mechanical thing. So extra virgin and. Look at the label. And, you know, apparently, I mean, this I read only a couple of years ago, the, the olive oil that you have to watch the most is from Italy, which was more no surprising. Yeah. 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 So, go back, so toxins and the environment and chemical, huge thing. Yeah, I think it's a huge thing because our bodies are, were developed to deal with a certain amount of toxins, but not the amount of chemicals that we exposed to on a daily basis. And they're everywhere, you know, they're in the furniture, they're in the technology, they're in the cosmetics, they're in the food. Water, um, water too. Is a water, thing. absolutely, in the air. You're a sparkling so, water guy. Whenever we go out to dinner, you always do sparkling. I love sparkling water, but not Well, like clean water is a big issue. I didn't realize, so, there's still like half a million or a million people in California who don't have clean water. It's insane. 
Yeah. Not, it wasn't like a one-time thing no, in Flint, Michigan. Like, it's a big fucking problem. Right. What is becoming a huge problem? Yeah. So, okay. So, we've got, we've got so, eat, sleep, move, well, let's protect. Just, so, protect. So, they're all tips throughout protect on what you need to look for and, and simple things you can do to actually, you know, prevent or, or mitigate this onslaught of chemicals. You know, from a wa- simple water filter sure. to um, what the type of foods you buy to what cosmetics you put on your skin. Um, it's a big one. There's a lot of change happening right now. In the yeah, industry. which is good, good. Which is yeah. fantastic, yeah. And so what about, we talked about connect. What about unwind? Unwind is just chilling out. <laughs> what does chilling out look like for you? And what should it look like for most people? Some people chilling out is like, I'm going to have a couple of beers or a glass of wine. Right. Or, good, and, that, good, and that's okay point. sometimes. Yeah. But like, what is chilling out? For me, chilling out is being able to control your nervous system because most of us are on the go all the time. There's too much yang, as we say. You know, there's a yin and the yang in Chinese, or the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. Can you explain to people what that is? Briefly? Sure. Well, the yang and the yin? Parasympathetic. So, so there are two parts of one, the autonomic nervous system, and the sympathetic nervous system is when you have to be on, when you're stressed out, a lot of adrenal, adrenaline. Um, and then the parasympathetic nervous system is the opposite when you're relaxed and, and, and calming down. So you need a balance between the two. And most of us are on all the time, and then our sympathetic nervous system is And this is device going away. doesn't help. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so that's why I think meditation, you know, we've spoken about it, what a big difference meditation has made in our lives. Yoga, uh, just doing some breathing, spending some time by yourself, spending some time around family and friends but doing thing little things in your life listening to music sure it's a big one for you i always talk about you know bob marley was or reggae or or slow beat you know music with a slow beat has always i've always intuitively known how helpful it was to me i mean i always there was always something about reggae music and it wasn't just because i was stoned um (laughs) there was always something about that rhythm and that beat so I think anything that slows you down and, and this, you know, activates more of this parasympathetic nervous system and, and gets you away from this sort Fight of this, or flight. Yeah, exactly. What about rituals? Yeah, I have Barbara Bijou as my ritual expert in the book. You know, she's been an old-time friend and patient for many, many years. And she was the one who actually, you know, really made me realize how important rituals are and if you look at all cultures, you know, these are things, once again, those little things that you forget about. And rituals, I think, are actually very powerful. You know, that ritual can be just putting your kid to bed at night. Yep. There could be all sorts of rituals, but I do think rituals are extremely healthy and healing. And, you know, a ritual of sitting at a table together with mm. your family, a ritual, you know, we always made a point of having dinner together. That was really sure. important. So, well, it's like this idea of breaking bread. Well, we won't say breaking bread with you, but but breaking yes. is a spiritual thing. Having dinner, sitting down, no devices, exactly. no TV, talking. Right. So rituals, I think, are really important. And I think, you, you, know, you know, I come from the Jewish tradition, and not that I'm a good Jew, um, a religious one, but I do think the rituals 
from Judaism and a lot of these cultures are actually very powerful and have kept cultures together. You know, the the Friday night Sabbath or whatever it is. I think sure. rituals are really positive um, aspects of a culture that we, we should try and get back into a little bit more. I think they are, it does help you connect and not only help you connect to your community with a ritual, but it helps you connect to yourself and sure. slows you down. And can it be as simple as just essential oils, aromatherapy, Absolutely. candles? Absolutely, yeah. Really easy. It doesn't have to be a religious ritual per se. Absolutely, yeah. And so where we're at today in wellness, these pillars are, I think you sum it up great in the book, and here, here are the six, these are the six keys. And with these keys, you can lead a happy and healthy life. And what do you say to people who, you know, are, are, in, are in wellness, have, have come so far, you know, they, they, they know the keys and they're excited to like go further and, and what's, what's new and exciting to you? Like you've been in this for a long time and the landscape has evolved, research, science, like what's, what's really new and exciting to you? Well, what I find new and exciting is the confirmation of, of a lot of these simple things that we sort of know are healthy for us, and now we're sort of seeing or being shown why they're healthy, or science is confirming. Like uh, I think I mentioned earlier, I recently read about, a study came out in the last month or two, um, about how connecting and um, touching uh, in a not necessarily touching in a sexual way but touching's got a bad rap for instance and I talk about touching touch you know just not being scared to to hug people and to touch people you know the the different chemicals that increase in your body when they actually measure that so there was a study that uh, I can't remember the study exactly but it was basically measuring mitochondrial function and number after one of these relationships or connecting it's the healing power of touch simple it, touch a exactly. hug. yeah and i can't think, get that with the text no and i think that's what to me that's what's new is like to me what's new is trying to become aware of how we deal with what is new and in, in a healthy way so how do we use tech in a positive way how do you use all this new information in a positive way instead of getting lost in it so it's how to adapt to the changes in our culture. And a lot of the adaptations are going back to the simple things in life. Sure. So if you could wave your magic wand and change one thing in wellness right now, what would you change? You know, I, I don't know if I'd change anything. I just I love that, you know, there are these vegans fighting with the paleo people and the keto <laughs> people. I think it's all great. I think people needed to, you know, Find out what works for them. The one thing I, what I encourage people to do is find out what works best for you. You know yourself better than any doctor, than any expert. And the more you get in touch with yourself, listen to your body, get to know yourself, the more you'll, you'll realize whether a keto diet works for you or a vegan diet works for you. Get to realize how good it feels to go out walking in nature, listening to the birds. Don't be scared what most of us intuitively know. Right. Because we got, I did anyway, and I think it's changing. What, what, what I do love about this, the millennials, um, is they sort of, they don't listen to authority. They sort of, <laughs> which is great. Then they're realizing that they're not going to get this information from the medical system. They're not going to get it from the institutions. 
so I love that, but it is a bit of a wild west out there, so you've got to be smart about it too. Go visit my Muddy Green for all the good stuff. (laughs) Dr. Frank Lipman, thank you so much. Everyone, go pick up How to Be Well, Six Keys to a Happy and Healthy Life, another must-buy book from one of our favorites here at My Muddy Green, Dr. Frank Lipman. Thank Thank you you so much. Thank you. Thank you.